0: Do, 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 Here we go. My name's Todd. This is Kevy. Welcome back to Zen Parenting Radio. This is podcast number 529. Why listen to Zen Parenting Radio? Because you'll feel outstanding. Uh, and who doesn't want to feel outstanding? And always remember that the best predictor of a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding. On today's show, follow-up from last week's um, podcast. What do we call it? Wounds and Triggers? Wounds and Triggers, yeah. Um, got a lot of feedback on that mm-hmm. one. Maybe we have, did. Maybe we touched a nerve. Hopefully they're not... A hopefully, good nerve. hopefully we wouldn't trigger them. Probably. Probably. Um, but first, a few different things. We have a Zen talk later on today. If you don't know what a Zen talk is, it's something we do with the team Zen. You ask questions, we answer. We have discussions. We support each other.
1: It's a live podcast.
0: Hundred percent support. What is it? What? What's our tagline?
1: Uh, I don't remember.
0: Hundred percent. Where's my water bottle? It has something to do with hundred percent support. <laughs> Zero pressure. Zero pressure. Hundred percent support. Thank you. Uh, tribe meeting January 29th, January 30th, we are uh, we are doing a bystander moment, screening, um, partnering up with Navigate Adolescents, Raising a Confident Daughter February 4th, February 12th, you're going to be in Bloomingdale, and then the- Talking conf-
1: about self-awareness and self-compassion and self-care, I think.
0: That's exactly right. And then February 28th, 28th and 29th, that's the big one. That's the-, the- Conference. That's the granddaddy of them all, sweetie.
1: Yeah. So Zen Parenting Conference. Um, it is. So if you want to know more about our speakers, go to zenparentingconference dot com or zenparentingradio dot com and click on events. Uh, When you click on events, you'll see all the events that Todd just mentioned. So it'll give you all the information about where they are and time and place and whether or not you need tickets or to register. But the conference, um, jump on it now because it's very soon, and you want to make sure you can make your plans. Put it
0: in the Google Calendar. You do that. That's where we put things. I
1: know. It works well.
0: Not sure what people did before Google Calendars.
1: Eh, Just regular calendars. I used to have like a regular...
0: Chandler's? Like... Chandler's. When you are little, didn't you have an assignment notebook called the Chandler's Assignment Notebook? Uh,
1: I had like, uh, maybe, I always think about it as like Covey, wasn't it Franklin Covey?
0: No, that's for like professionals. I'm talking like sixth grade stuff.
1: Oh, well, I don't remember what I used in sixth grade. I just know that. We I, all
0: had called Chandler's, not like Chandler Bang.
1: I don't think I had that in DeKalb. <laughs>
0: it didn't float all the way west to DeKalb, I Illinois. don't
1: think we had Chandler's. Um, I think we had to take care of our own.
0: Uh, schedule you guys were writing in rocks on, on oh, rock templates uh, not
1: that bad but I think there was an expectation that we just wrote it down in a notebook oh. a great uh, spiral bound notebook but once I was a in college and going forward I always had a Franklin Covey planner and I missed those I used to carry it around it's like a little diary of your whole life
0: do you miss Stephen Covey I do. Have you ever met Stephen Covey? I
1: did meet Stephen Covey twice, and I sat by him at uh, lunch once. Got to chat with him. Was got he, to introduce him.
0: Was he as impressive of a man in his in person as he was in his writing?
1: Uh, he was very kind and very. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? He didn't. He didn't seem like he needed a lot. What? How do I explain that? He was very comfortable in
0: his skin. Low maintenance?
1: Yeah, very low maintenance and really good speaker and um, was very focused and organized. And I always loved hearing him speak and talking with him.
0: Do you know what the pros, uh, you know, the the publishing places and all the people that have anything to do with deciding books and names of books, they said nobody will ever buy a book that has such a long title. I know. Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. It doesn't matter what it's called. If it's good, it's going to sell.
1: Well, uh, and since then, everybody has borrowed his, because now if you're trying to publish a book, everyone wants to know how many components. Yeah, The 20 questions you ask yourself, the 15 ways to be a good speaker, the 10 ways to change your life. Like it's kind of annoying yeah. because it, it really constricts us in the way that we view things. It's in a framework
0: lists. that certain people's brain, including mine, like, like, okay, I get it. 20 things. Give it to me one at a time. No,
1: but it's baloney because it's not just 20 things. It's a, it's a, I shouldn't say it's baloney. I think that like, I love seven habits and it was completely effective. But for people like me who see things in a much bigger framework, um, it's not better. It's just bigger. Mm. Saying there's seven things to do. Yeah. It's, that's
0: not true. I think there's only one thing to do. (laughs) It's breathe. That's it. I should just write a book saying the one thing you need to do to survive in this world and I'll just I'll have a 300 pages and I'll just say breathe on every one.
1: I know yeah yeah (laughs) I (laughs) I'm just having deep thoughts about books right now I'm in such the middle of all of that Um, you're in the throes I'm in the throes of the publishing world right now and it's um, interesting interesting world is it uh so that shall we move on? Shall we jump? That? Let's jump. Okay. So uh wounds and triggers. So I wanted to talk about Does, um, Do
0: people have to listen to last week's to listen to no, this week's?
1: They don't. I think if you listen to last week's you'll kind of this will be a a, a very natural continuation. If you didn't listen to last week, I think today will still be helpful. I, and then if you really like today, then you can go back and listen to it, mm-hmm. but you don't have to stop. You, you can just listen. Um, so majority of emails we got were, so just to kind of give you a little perspective about what we talked about last week, we were talking about what a wound is And, you know, that we have healthy parts and we have wounded parts and that sometimes our wounded parts tend to take over and be really reactive. We talked about, um, you know, where childhood wounding comes from. You know, sometimes it's an attachment wound. Sometimes it's a trauma wound. We also talked about um, what a trigger is, which basically means that one of your wounds has been touched. Um, And we were talking about other people who have discussed this, like, you know, Eckhart Tolle calls this the pain body. Um, In this example, you know, Michael Singer, who you recommended that book last week, you know, The Untethered Soul, he talks about that those are like thorns that we have. And that if you like touch a thorn, then we kind of go off. Mm -hmm. It's like, we, you know, we can't tolerate certain things because the wound that we have around that issue is so deep that we have a, a strong reaction yeah. definition of being triggered. It's very basically. like
0: tender. Like it'll, if you even just get scrape this piece, then it'll hurt a lot.
1: It, it hurts beyond what the present moment is yeah. really having or experiencing or offering you. It's really not in present time. You're reacting from something from your history and whatever's coming up in present time is activating it. And one of the, you know, the examples I used is that um, when you are triggered, it's almost like pressing a play button and you are replaying the wounding experience you had. You aren't doing it by choice. This is what our body and brain does is we have an experience that is very similar and all of a sudden it gets – it's like we, you know, like I said, push a play button and we, we relive all those feelings and fear or um, feelings and then maybe shame, whatever it may be, whatever it evokes in us. Um, I was thinking about – this is a little different but, you know, hang with me for a second – do you guys ever like do something like you'll be folding laundry and listening to a podcast? Or like the other night, I was painting my toenails and I was listening to a song. And so you're having the, that experience, and those two things are happening at once. And then um, this morning, I got out of the shower and I was kind of. Uh, touching my toenail and the song that I was listening to while I was painting my toenails came into my head okay Okay. or sometimes it's like a I, reminder completely because you have in your brain they got a little bit they got a little hardwired together yeah. if not hardwired a little bonded for that moment yeah. and or you'll be like you know, I'll pull out a piece of clothing that I remember folding, and I'll be like, "Oh yeah, I was listening to Ronan Farrow's podcast. Right. I have a huge crush
0: on Ronan Farrow. You've listened to about eight uh, different podcasts that that guy has been interviewed I on, love and him. he's got his own podcast.
1: I For love those him. people
0: who don't know who you're talking about, who are you talking about? So
1: I'm talking about. Ronan Farrow, who is a journalist, and he is the one who, one of the people, along with Megan Toohey and Jody Cantor, uh, broke the um, Harvey Weinstein story. He was with the New Yorker, and they were at the New York Times, so they were doing it simultaneously, but... Ronan um is also there's so much history I mean where would I begin like I've kind of been following him even before this just because I know all of How his about history. this
0: if somebody wanted to be like oh yeah that guy I like what he's done or I what would you recommend oh
1: okay that's easy read Catch and Kill mm-hmm. which is his book that came out this year and then listen to the Catch and Kill podcast and you know he's been on Should every. You do
0: one first. Should you listen to podcast and then read the I would book? read the
1: book first okay. because then it makes the podcast so interesting because he's interviewing all the people that he had in his book. Got it. So I loved Catch and Kill. It was like everything that I love because not only it, it I it. It wasn't a hundred percent satisfying because Harvey Weinstein is still on trial and not a lot has changed. I mean, some things have changed, but it still feels like everything is a little bit untethered. Yeah. Um, but I just really have a crush on him, and he's. But he, you don't need to worry, Todd. Thank goodness, because he's thirty-two and he is gay and he is engaged. And Sweetie, I'd
0: feel safe even if he was straight.
1: You would. Yeah. But see, but that, not
0: as safe. Okay.
1: <laughs> well, how about this is us? The other night, when the girl, when Sophia Bush was, she got the okay from her husband, the hall pass, the hall pass to sleep with uh, Kevin.
0: Yeah, because Kevin plays a character on his character is an actor on TV. Right. So Sophia Bush's character had a hall pass for this this actor, this actor on the show, so they went with it.
1: Yeah. And then she's like, I can't do it. I wonder how
0: many times there's been a successful hall pass sexual interaction. It's
1: never going to be successful because the person who gave you that hall pass doesn't really think that's going to happen. Well,
0: that's what that's talk about going off the deep end in a completely different thing. But I just wonder how many times like somebody happens to meet a celebrity. Correct. Like, has it ever happened?
1: On Friends, remember Isabella Rossellini.
0: I don't know. She walks in. That's real life, though. Well, you're right. That's a show.
1: (laughs) Um, But it is like
0: I'm willing to bet in this big, huge, expansive world and billions of people. I'm willing to bet it has never happened.
1: No, it's happened. Really? Especially someone who works in the industry or lives in L. A. or in New York or happens to be in a play with someone they. Yeah, I guess.
0: I guess it would need to be somebody that is like in normal, regular, not attached to. The Hollywood Life happens to meet whatever Alec Baldwin or some, actress. and then not only
1: meet them but have the opportunity to get to know that's, them, and then that person is attracted to them, and then they yes they hook up. I don't know. Maybe it's like
0: at a, like a rock concert, and somebody's like some woman really likes whatever Vince Neil from Motley Crue, who and wouldn't? like that's my guy, right? And then the girl says to the husband, just so you know, that's my guy. And then the girl all of a sudden finds herself backstage and maybe Vince Neil had sex with everybody back then. Right. So it's probably happened.
1: That's what I mean. Like you don't, there's no way we could say it's never happened. Of course it has. But I think in this instance, um, we're okay. We're okay. Even though I really do have a crush on Ronan Farrell. I, I think about him a lot. Um, he's 32 and he's like a Sweet, prodigy. you like the younger guys. I know. He went to um, college when he was 11.
0: There's so few of us out there that go to
1: <laughs> he, he went to school, law wouldn't. school when he was eighteen. Yeah. He's so cool and he has such like a um I just love his energy. I love listening to him. And I I love listening to if you guys listen to Pod Save America, he is engaged to um
0: John Favreau. John,
1: no, no, not John. He's
0: engaged the to The other guy.
1: Yeah, Tom, not Tommy. Who's he engaged to? I haven't I'm listened having, to that
0: podcast um, in
1: months. Uh, i I have to put John, uh, John Lovett, John Lovett, love it or leave it's it. It's so weird because awesome.
0: John Favreau, there's two John Favreau's uh-huh. and there's two John Lovett's right from Saturday line that, right. that John Lovett.
1: I know they have to, so he usually goes by Jonathan, but anyway, they, I loved listening to Jonathan interview Ronan on pod save America. That was fun. Anyway, they're together. We're together. Life is fine. Yes. Um, so, Okay so let's go back to the wounds and the triggers. So um, the emails that Todd and I got about this podcast from last week was about um, people saying, first of all, like you said, that it touched a nerve or that they needed to hear it or that they're recognizing their own wounds or whatever it may be. And then a lot of the, um, the commentary was, I can't talk to the person who hurt me, if it be my mother or an ex-partner or whatever, because they won't understand. Mm. Therefore, I can't heal my wounds. And I think that's the first thing, the first misunderstanding I want to get out of the way is that you don't need to get their buy-in for you to choose to heal yourself. This is like the whole idea of forgiveness. People sometimes think forgiveness means you go to the person. Ask for and it. Ask for it. And they apologize to you and give you everything you wanted. It's not the way it works. It, it doesn't work at all that way. You don't need that person's buy-in mm-hmm. for you to start looking at how you were harmed. Yeah. And you don't need them to say, yes, you're right, I did that, for you to recognize that you were harmed. Here's the thing that's most important about the reason we, why we have to understand our healthy parts and our wounded parts is if you are wounded, there is. sometimes we look around us and we say somebody else has to acknowledge that this was wounding. Mm-hmm. And we're lucky because if you have a therapist or a coach or a partner or a best friend who understands, they can validate that for you but really there's other parts of you, the healthier parts that can be that validating source Mm. to you. You know, like you can do this completely internally. Like it's very, I am a big fan of therapy and coaching and, and speaking about your pain. So I'm not saying you have to do it by yourself. I think get the help you need, but I want to be clear that, this is an internal job.
0: Yeah. And the coaches and therapists, they're they're going to help you, but it's still an inside exactly.
1: job. Exactly. You have to believe that they, they're not going to be able to say, okay, yeah. now you're healed. This has to be something you can believe in yourself. And I have found that my healthy parts help validate my wounded parts. Because here, let me tell this story, and this is for me or for anybody else. There are parts of us that were wounded by something that a lot of people say is no big deal, mm-hmm. or a lot of people will say, well, I had a worse story, or, or you're lucky, or that's really not that bad. Or in the moment when we were wounded, someone looked at us and said something like, well, what's wrong with you? You're going to cry about that? You can't get over that? You're not strong enough? Or we basically, in that moment, probably felt bad, then maybe it compiled where we got we felt ashamed that we felt bad. And then we created the story around it where we were like, um, I shouldn't have been bothered by that. How, how weak am I? Because I was bothered by that. And then there's all these layers on top of it. Do you see how like, and the truth is, if something hurts you, it doesn't matter if there's consensus from the outside world that it hurts you. And it doesn't matter where your pain is. Is in comparison to other people's pain. Because we're not in competition here. The goal is not to say who's hurt more. It's to acknowledge that there's something in the way for us, some kind of pain that we haven't acknowledged. And maybe, like, even, you know, like, and, and again, we may not even know where it began. Like, one I can talk about for myself is that I kind of never wanted anyone to think that they hurt me. So I would, which is
0: and, a sign of like strength and, but, but, but in, not, in, invulner- invulnerability.
1: Yes. Like but, I don't
0: want to let them know they got to me,
1: but it was worse than that, Todd. It wasn't because sometimes that the, I don't want anyone to think they hurt me shows up as I'm going to be tough and you didn't hurt me. That's not what it was. Someone would say something mean to me and I would say, Oh, that, that's funny. Or no, that's okay. Um no, no, I know what you meant. No, 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 it's no big deal. So I'm not putting on a tough act. I am making sure they, they feel, feel comfortable. comfortable with their ignorance. Yeah. Do you see what I mean? I, do. I am willing to take the hit. Yeah of the pain as long as they're comfortable. Yeah. And that is, who knows where that began? I mean, I have some guesses. I've gone through a lot of the, these wounds, but the point is, is that we start to, that then becomes our, the way that we operate in the world. And so let me say this, but we'll dive back into forgiveness in a second. But the reason why this is so important is because if we don't know what our wounds are, then we are reacting from them constantly, okay? If you really believe, oh, I'm over that or I don't need to look at that or that's not important, then your behavior will be a reflection of your wounds that have gone unchecked. If you at least know what your wounds are and you can acknowledge that and you can be like, yes, I was hurt by this or this scares me or this is still bothersome to me, then you at least have a little room to respond rather than react. Do you see what I mean? Like you can, instead of being triggered and someone hits your um, thorn thorn and you just react, you may get your horn, your your thorn hit and you may hold it and say, ooh, that hurts. Let me tell you why that hurts me. Or I need some time to kind of get, you know, as you would say, um, be above the line so we can have this conversation. So at least you're aware there's a wound then you can talk about it and respond.
0: So um, I agree with you. Step one is know that, oh, wow, I this is a wound right. or I just got triggered or whatever it is. Um, and maybe I'm skipping a few steps, but one of the steps is where does this wound generate from? And mm-hmm. most, or maybe always, it generates from some part of your history, mm-hmm. right? The tricky part is, how in the world, because I could speak for myself, I think I'm pretty good at knowing when I'm wounded, but if I have to like go back in the child and say, like, what does this remind me of? This reminds me of when my dad did this, this to me or, or my kids my friends made fun of me on the field or because I dropped the pass. Like that's for me really hard to access where this comes from.
1: Well, and that this is good news because you don't have to know the exact moment. You don't even have to know the story because sometimes our brain has compartmentalized that in a place that's safe because the story is too painful. But we do know that we have a feeling around something. Like if, like I I know that, if you don't hear me or listen to me and I can tell that you're not listening to me, I am affected by that. So I know that there's something from my history that I didn't feel heard. Now, I don't have one story for you. Mm-hmm. I don't have like this is who did it to me or right. like a painful sob story about this person or my parents. Or I just know there's something in my history where I know that not being – it could be a collective unconsciousness. Yeah. It could be the collective unconsciousness of women. From
0: generations from But here's the thing real quick, though, where I struggle is you're talking, I'm not listening. Mm -hmm. It affects you. Mm -hmm. The question is sometimes forget about history and triggers and wounds. It's just rude to not listen. So like, how do you tell when something is just, hey, he's not listening and I am annoyed and or he's not listening and this is goes deeper and further back. Like there's like some, there's a a logical to it. Like maybe there is no wound. It's like, just fricking listen to me. Mm -hmm. You know, there is no wound. Mm -hmm. Like how do you differentiate between just natural pleasantries within a conversation of talking and listening and there's something deeper going on here.
1: Well, it's going to be individual, but to me, it's the reaction that I have to it. Because if someone's not listening and they're not you, and it's just somebody else, I may say, do you need a second? Or do you want me to repeat that? Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not really offended by the fact that someone was, you know, maybe looking at their phone or I can use humor because it's present time. So like sometimes I'll be at lunch with someone and I'll be telling them a story and they're like texting and I will say something like, do you need me to wait? Like I use humor because I'm not really offended in that moment. I can tell that my reaction or my response is present time. But if you or maybe the person I was with who maybe meant a lot to me or I was I really did want them to hear me for whatever reason, and my reaction was to be really hurt or wounded, or I shut down, mm-hmm. or I, and I, I I'm a sh- I shut down, I don't res- respond with anger, but people who do respond with anger, who have an over-the-top response mm-hmm. to this, yeah. um, you can tell that, you know, we've said this before, if it's hysterical, it's historical, yeah. versus, so... I don't have any cut and dry. Yeah. Here's the top 10 reasons or yeah. top 10 ways, you know, but I'm, you can tell by your reaction. Yeah. Like it, which,
0: which requires self-awareness correct. to even know that there's a reaction, but real quick. And I'm sure we've talked about this on dozens of podcasts, mm-hmm. but why let's just stick with the, I'm not listening to you mm-hmm. example. Why would it, I think you'd be more likely to get triggered if I wasn't listening versus somebody that you. Is just Correct. kind of a random friend. Correct. So help me remember one more time why I am more likely to trigger you than an acquaintance.
1: Because most likely I was triggered by a caregiver of some kind, and it could have been a teacher, it could have been a coach, it could have been my parents, it could have been my sister, um, and that relationship that I had with them was close and caring, and I felt safe. Mm-hmm. They were like part of my safety and my security. Right. That's who you are got to it. me. Got so it, got you got are it. like. You have caregiver energy, yeah. even if you're not literally my caregiver, or it, just
0: closeness, or whatever closeness, it
1: is. Uh, and if there is somebody who I don't know, or someone from work, or whatever, it's not that I, when I say I don't care about them, I don't mean that literally. Of course, I care about them, but they are not part of my team. They're not part of my life in a way that can, you know, we're always affected more mm-hmm. by the ones we love the most because we. We feel they are our security. Yeah. They are our family. They And when they don't hear us or see us or understand us, it hurts 10 times more than a stranger. Right. And then the irony is, let me flip this on its head for a second. The irony is sometimes in our relationships, we pay more attention to what a stranger thinks about us than what our own child or partner thinks about us. Like, we, it's so interesting.
0: How- can, I, can I talk about the inner circle for yeah, a second? Yeah, go ahead. Did
1: I not clearly explain the circle of trust to you, Greg?
0: Mm, yeah, I think I got it.
1: Then is there something you want to tell me? Mm, I, I don't think so. Didn't we have a discussion yesterday in the car about this?
0: Oh, yes. You mean, yes. You mean me and Pam? Yes, I would love to talk to you about We're that. We're not talking about Pam, Greg. We're talking about you.
1: See, if I can't trust you, Greg, then I have no choice but to put you right back outside the circle. And once you're out, you're out. There's no coming back. Mm. Well, I would definitely
0: <laughs> like to stay inside the circle. Who wants to stay Well, then inside. tell me the truth. <laughs> this is great. Okay. <laughs> Jack, I don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> <of. laughs> All right, now look,
1: father. I'm a patient man. That's what nineteen months in a Vietnamese prison camp will do to you. But I will be watching you, studying your every move. And if
0: I find that you are trying to corrupt my firstborn child, I will bring you down, baby. I will bring you down to Chinatown, sweetie. I'm in the inner circle, aren't I?
1: You're in my inner circle. Yes, you Thank are. Goodness. I have no idea. My favorite what we're part of that about. scene
0: is like. There's like a five-second pause. He's like, Jack, I don't know what we're talking about right now. <laughs> He's
1: like, okay. How
0: many times have we all been in that situation I know. where somebody's talking to us and we don't have a freaking clue of what they're talking about? Well,
1: part of that is because who they're talking to in that moment is is not you yeah they are talking to their person from their past yeah and so stay with me everybody what i'm saying is when you are throwing a bunch of stuff out at someone in present time and they have no idea what you're talking mm-hmm. about you can pretty much especially if you're coming from like a really emotional place you're basically still talking to the person from your past
0: by the way that was uh robert de niro talking to ben stiller from meet the parents
1: yes 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 so um I want to say something else about this, uh, about time healing wounds.
0: Before you do that, can I interrupt you and talk about our partner of the week? Sure. Prodigy. Prodigy is an online math platform loved by more than 50 million first to eighth grade students and 1.5 million teachers worldwide. With their premium membership, they get extra features and fun rewards like exclusive pet characters, gear, and accessories that will give your child more incentive to play and keep them engaged with math practice. If you're not familiar with Prodigy, this game takes kids through a fantasy world full of epic battles and adventure where success involves answering curriculum-aligned math questions. With a premium membership, students often spend more time in the game, which leads to more questions answered and more math skills mastered. And with monthly, yearly, or even family memberships, you can find the premium membership that works for your family. Check out the Prodigy Premium Memberships page to find out how you can level up math learning and unlock your child's full potential. Visit prodigygame.com slash Parenting and click get your free account to get started. All right, now go ahead.
1: Okay, back to this. So I wanted to talk about how time heals wounds. So a lot of people say that, right? It's a, you know. Yeah,
0: time heals all wounds. Right.
1: and Doesn't I, don't, it? I mean, I think that, again like all things, there's a lot of gray in here. I think that personally speaking, I have had painful experiences like, you know, the way my dad's been gone for a few years now. He passed away a few years ago. Obviously the way I feel now is very different than I felt right after he, while he was sick or when he died. So of course time makes it a little easier to sit with something painful. But I think in the kind of wounds we're talking about right now, um, that time doesn't necessarily get rid of that. I
0: agree with you. I think so. I think it depends on the wound.
1: It does because we need to, we, we're still reacting from that old place. Even it happened, even if it happened when we were five. So time is not healing that wound. It, we, we're still responding from that place. Right. So it is, you know, we are, how do I want to say this? Like I wrote a bunch of words and I didn't write like a Clear sentence for myself. Um, So if we are continually lashing out at people about something that happened a long time ago, meaning we're very... I'm going to use the word again, triggered by something or easily offended by something, or we just go into a really childlike place when someone says something, time isn't going to do anything about that. We eventually have to go into that and at least acknowledge what it is. And to Todd's point, the question that he had before about, but what if we don't know what it is? You don't have to know the story. Can you just at least be able to say... When you say that word back to me, or when you make don't make eye contact with me, or when I feel like you don't listen or whatever it may be, I feel really afraid. I feel like I need to be defensive mm-hmm. that's a that in itself is a huge step, yeah, and it's vulnerable, yeah. And some people, if they've done enough work and have enough self-awareness, they can trace it back yeah. to a time, a person, a place. Maybe not the exact experience because most likely it happened over and over and over again. The, you know, I was talking about wounds before. Like attachment wounds are things that happen repeatedly messages that get conveyed repeatedly right. and they, you know, they're rejecting or neglectful or like we talked about a or shaming or just my favorite, just misattuned. Mm. And it happens over and over. So you don't have one story. A trauma wound can come from like one experience of physical or sexual, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, you know, an experience that is threatening or feels scary or where you were harmed. But most things we can't trace it to one experience, mm-hmm. but we can be honest enough to at least say, I feel scared mm-hmm. or I feel threatened or I feel misunderstood when
0: you say that. Well, and it could be a simple, I'm trying to obviously always try to get resources, but one is you can, if you find yourself getting triggered and you have the awareness that like, oh my God, I'm tra- triggered, you can answer the simple question or, or finish a statement. From the past, this re- reminds me of exactly. dot, dot, dot. My, my problem is most of the time, like, I don't freaking, I have no clue. Um, But it's because I'm not dropping into my heart center. You know, I'm still like coming at this from my logical brain. Well,
1: that's what I was going to say is there's part of you that I think thinks – you're above all of it. And and that sounds horrible. It sounds like I'm saying you think you're too smart.
0: It's not a, I feel like I can't get there.
1: Well, but it's the same thing. I'm using words that sound a little more shaming. And mm-hmm. I, I didn't. that's not my intention. But I think sometimes you're like, that doesn't affect me. Mm-hmm. And you oh, do. That's,
0: yeah, that's what I'm just like putting up a wall.
1: Right. And that is where you're like, I don't know why this affects you or bothers you. This doesn't affect me. Mm-hmm. And there is a component where we're both being harmed in that situation because I feel like you're saying that there's some kind of weakness or sensitivity that I have that I shouldn't have. And you don't
0: be so sensitive about these things (laughs) about these insensitive comments I'm saying.
1: (laughs) And you are basically saying, look, what a rock solid uh, guy I am Mm -hmm. like, I'm I don't get affected and I can handle anything. And there is. In both of our experiences, there's positive, like yours is that you can be really good in crisis. Mm-hmm. Mine though, is that I really do feel what's happening mm-hmm. in a room. So sometimes you're missing it, yeah. you know? So it's like, neither of us are wrong and neither of us, it's not like you're above me or I'm above you, but there is, I think for you, a sense sometimes where you're like, why would I go, how's this sentence sit with you? Why would I go into something painful? Like, I think there's part of you that's like, why would I, of course look it's short term, long
0: term. Correct. Because my answer is I don't want to go there cause that's going to hurt. Right. The long term is if I go there and go through it, I want to come out clean and better and stronger and more confident or more loving on the other side.
1: Or more understanding of yourself. Yeah. Because like there, it's not like there's a lot of behaviors you need to correct. Yeah. I think that you're very kind and compassionate. Like there's nothing where I'm like, wow, you need to get that anger under control. Mm-hmm. That, that's not an issue for you. Um, 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 but I think that there would be things that would make more sense to you. Mm. You know, like I think it would, um, enrich your, your life.
0: For sure. And, and I actually did a little bit of that this weekend. I was on a, my, my annual men's retreat and you know, everybody, 22 guys that were part of it. And I saw a lot of guys kind of going back and healing some of these wounds and it's just so empowering to see Mm it. And um. so anyways, shout out to all you guys that were there with me this weekend.
1: Well, like hear hear me on this and this may be able to give you some like understanding of of you. And people say this about me, by the way, but I, I well, let me start with you and then I'll I'll say this about me. I think sometimes you go through life thinking, how do I understand other people better? Yeah. How, Kathy, how do I understand you better? How do I understand these guys better? How do I understand? not doing my work. And you're working, you think everybody else needs to be understood, mm. that you're kind of fine yeah. and that everybody else needs sure. to be understood. People, I get that pushback uh, from people I work with where they're like, you know, we're sharing all these vulnerabilities and you're not. But there are certain situations where I am in. Like when I'm running a group or when I'm doing one-on-one work or one-on, you know, family work with people, that's not my time to be vulnerable. But I do have a therapist and I do have people, you know, a few people in my life, including you, Mm. who I'm very... I can go into a puddle with, you know, like where I can be like, I can't see this clearly. So I think that's the thing is there is a a version of the world. And this is not just about Todd and I. The reason I'm bringing this up is I think a lot of us, especially, and correct me if I'm wrong, Todd, I don't want to talk about men out of turn, but I think men a lot are like, how do I understand my wife and how do I get to know that? And they're not looking at themselves. No. Course not. They're looking at everybody else as the problem.
0: Well, and you know, I can only say that for myself. Like I'm always trying to like process somebody or or help support you because everything's directed outward. I'm too scared to look in the mirror and see or look into my own past and you know, it's it's a scarier place to be. Right. And as guys, we're you can't be scared. If you're scared, you're not a man.
1: Right and the, And so it 's better to just not even be scared and say,
0: "Put up a wall you know. man
1: well and it 's interesting so let 's go into that idea because what i cause I do uh, EMDR with my therapist, and what I have found is in present time you get a crack, mm-hmm. and what that means is something in present time bothers you more than it should. Like what I always say to her is this thing is really bothering mm-hmm. me and it does it feels out of context. It feels bigger than it should be. Sure. And that is the crack into the wound. Mm-hmm. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. That you don't have to be like I'm just going to do a bunch of inner child work and just you know talk to my inner child. If you are having an experience in present time that is completely blown out of proportion, that's like the portal. That's yeah. the gateway to that pain from your past.
0: For sure. And it's funny, Well, something happened to me this weekend and uh there was, with, without getting into details, there was a point in the weekend where I was challenged to go inward mm-hmm. and I, there was a crack and, you know, I started, What's the word? There's a word that one of the guys in the weekend said. Um,
1: Rationalizing. No,
0: no, no. I started going there. Oh, good. And then I st- and then I you caught myself. Yourself. Right. I um my my lips starts quivering. Yes, like so your Todd Adams cry. quiver. Yeah. And I I I got there and it felt good. Like, but that was the crack. But I couldn't dive in. Right. That's as far as I can go in right. that moment. And that's fine. Whereas other guys, they see the crack and then they just there's no longer a crack. They're just jumping in with both feet. Correct. And so we all and you know I need to bless myself like the quiver was good like i'm okay with yes. the quiver i'm not going to shame myself because that's as far as i can go right so anyways.
1: yeah and that's you know the, exactly like there is no like well it should have been better it should have been deeper it's pretty good Yeah. i mean at least they're, like at least you're acknowledging the crack mm-hmm. at least there's like you know and again as the quote says you know that's how the light gets in yeah. like if you it acknowledges a crack there and you like step into it and feel it that's how it's not about and again we've talked about this a lot on the show, but I want to be clear. Healing does not mean all that pain goes away. It means you can hold the pain without shame. You can see it for what it was and you can give yourself some peace about that something happened and now you know. Now you understand something about yourself. Now you hold it gently like a kid.
0: Well, when we say on this podcast all the time, you know, peeling the onion. You just peeled one layer. I call it like chipping away. You're just chipping away at it, man.
1: And then you think, you know, like I haven't felt this way since my late thirties and I'm 48 now, but some of, some things have been so profound for me, some awarenesses or, you know, realizations that I've had about myself or whatever that I've been like, wow, Mm -hmm. I am there. Like I now am completely clear and it never ends, but that doesn't need to scare you. It, I'm talking to everybody listening right now. You don't need to be afraid of that. It's the recognition that anything that is affecting us, Our brain is processing in a certain way and taking us back in time because our brain likes to, we like to see patterns, right? And so when something starts to feel like a pattern, it, you know, like, ooh, I've experienced this before. Oh, it's going to feel like this. Ooh, it's going to be scary. Things are going to go bad. Again, our history if we had bad experiences, give us a maladaptive viewpoint. Remember when I talked about this last week? Like if something negative happened to us when we were seven and we knew there was nothing we could do about it because we depended on others or there's no one to talk to, it gave us a maladaptive viewpoint of I can't trust anybody. Mm -hmm. Now at 48, I may have an experience that gives me that feeling of powerlessness, but I have to acknowledge it and say, you know what? All the things that were happening then—they're not true right now. Yeah. Even though I acknowledge that pain and yeah. I don't push it away, now I can have a more adaptive viewpoint on this ex- this present time experience.
0: So I have a uh, I have a question for you. Okay, I'm going to play a clip from a movie. Okay, and it's always the clip that I always refer to. You might even know where I'm I going. Know it where is. am I going?
1: It's Goodwill Hunting. Right, right. And, you and this love is your Matt- cathartic moment.
0: Right, and and. um, I have very few of these. Let's just say that. Okay. So we're going to play it just because it's an awesome movie. Look at me, son. It's not your fault. I know. It's Mm -hmm. not your fault. I know. No, no, you don't. It's not your fault. I know. It's not your fault. All right. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. Don't with f- me. It's not your fault. Hey, don't f- with me, alright? Don't let f- with me, Sean. Not you. It's not your fault. Yes. Such a powerful scene.
1: And that, uh, yes. So just a few things, what we have been talking about. The first one is that Sean is the outside person or speaking up for Will's healthy
0: parts. Yes.
1: Okay. Yes. So, if Will was doing this work on his own, yeah. which he cannot,
0: right, you can't. this
1: would be his healthy parts saying, you didn't do anything to deserve this. Yeah. It's not your fault.
0: He had dialogue so, in his head.
1: Correct. So Sean, like his, Will's pain lived, ruled his life. It, correct. It chose, it made his choices. That's
0: why he went to jail. Correct. Why he got, why he got rid of his right. girlfriend, right.
1: Skylar, who we named our daughter after. Or
0: I did, but go ahead. I
1: did. Um. Anyway. And sh- and he, so, and Sean had to keep saying that. Now, what ended up happening? The part of him that has been protecting him this whole time spoke up and said, stop it. Mm-hmm. I'm not going there, which is kind of what happens with you yeah. after when you start to get close to crying, there is a part of you that was adaptive as a child, yes. but is now maladaptive. Right. Because
0: Adaptive meaning good. It helped me.
1: If you missed... If, if you were playing baseball and you were playing second base and you missed a ball mm-hmm. and that was devastating mm-hmm. to your sense of self, sure, you had a part of yourself that said, do not cry.
0: Right. And you, the term I use for that is my risk manager. My correct. risk manager shows up and
1: shut that shit down. Shut it down. Okay. Sorry, everybody with their children. But yeah, shut that down. You that risk manager is still really got a, a big level job in your life.
0: Very much yes, so. Yes, he's like less now than 10 years ago, correct. but yes.
1: He's he is well, 10 years ago your joker was more not joker of Joaquin Phoenix, but your silly person, your Timmy mm-hmm. was just as as loud as your risk manager, which they're actually at odds a little bit. Wait Timmy's a much quieter so,
0: now. So t- <laughs> It's so funny we're talking about Timmy. So Timmy is—it's uh, so funny. I can't believe we're going to tell the story. I was in Iowa City, drunk with a bunch of my friends. Uh-huh. And when I'm sometimes when I'm drunk, um, historically or, you don't do this anymore. Or when I, even sometimes I'm sober, I just I just regress into childhood and mm-hmm. in sometimes a healthy way. Like I become joyful, playful, and all that. So I had a big, huge balloon tied on my wrist. And I was like 28 years old, mm-hmm. and I just came out of the bar, and all my friends are out there, and some guy walks by me. And who I didn't know. And he goes, oh, look, Timmy went to the fair today. <laughs> so, that, so now my question is, how does Timmy, I, I don't know. how. So
1: Timmy <laughs> was a protection for you too. How,
0: how, okay. Because how?
1: Timmy, Timmy just thought life, Timmy's like, life is tough, but I'm going to have fun.
0: Yes. And I'm going to stay Timmy. out till
1: five. Yes. See, but Timmy is a child and Timmy can't have three children and a wife and pay attention to Correct.
0: Them. But it's okay if Timmy shows up every now and of again. Of course. Because, okay.
1: And Timmy will never go away. Right. Like, this is the thing about our parts. Even Hopefully.
0: Our, you know, cause, And I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about all of us. Like, don't ever lose that. Right? Well,
1: here's the thing. Every part of us that is wounded is not mean or evil. Yeah. It's wounded. Yeah. So if you can acknowledge that wounded part you of you, turn it, into it something will not healthy. treat you poorly. Right. It will not cause the... the yeah, this gets so intricate. And like, please, everybody listening, just disclaimer, go talk to your therapist about this. Okay, <laughs> Todd and I are having a discussion about our own you know, you can't, don't sit here and do some analyzing of yourself and say, that's it. Like, yeah.
0: this is work. Well, that, that'd be a start, but then go talk to your therapist then about go talk it. to your therapist, because
1: right. this is inner child work. Every piece of you, my belief system, and I, I know this for a fact for me, but you guys have to take what, you know, we are born good. Every part of us is good. We are pure. We are all those beautiful things. Then things happen. We learn things. Things that don't jive with who we are. Someone hurts Society, us.
0: Society, parents, coaches. <laughs>
1: exactly. School, education. Even some good things can hurt us. Sure. And then all these pieces of us, some of them are mad mm. for good reason. Some of them are protective, mm. like Will's, you know, that protective part saved his butt yes. so many times. Right. But it also got him into fights. Yes. On the schoolyard. Yes. And your part that showed up for you was so helpful in baseball, or mm-hmm. maybe with your brother, or maybe- Or,
0: you know, my parents are fighting. Right. I had to shut all, all of that this crap off. down. The problem is I'm no longer seven years old, Correct. hiding underneath the covers, hoping my parents aren't going to fight anymore. Right. I'm 47, right, and I need to be vulnerable and accessible to the people around me.
1: And that protector. I don't know what it looks like to you. I don't know who, what the name is of that protector, but that protector needs to know you're okay. Mm-hmm. And unless you acknowledge that protector and give it some room to talk to you mm-hmm. and allow it to say, but you're, I'm protecting you from this pain underneath. See, this is a layer thing. Mm-hmm. It's saying, do you really want to feel this?
0: Yeah.
1: <clears throat> because I've been protecting you and you can say to the protector, thank God you're there and please don't go away just it's okay to back up when those tears want to come out
0: so this might i don't know if this is going to translate but this weekend i had one guy cancel last minute for the retreat
1: right last minute an
0: hour before everybody's supposed to get there and i got really pissed and some of the guys that were with me saw that i shut down okay so we went through this process and the guy who was helping me lead this um he was kind of helping me facilitate through this thing He's like Todd, your risk manager or your protector is 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 always trying to help you, but can you give him a break just for a second and and he said, pick a man in the circle to represent that risk manager so that we can do some work together and that helped so it was interesting so literally there was a man embodying the risk manager that resides in my right. brain right. And he's now in front of me, and I see it. and he's a friend of mine, but that's who he represents. Yeah,
1: he can hold the place for him. So meanwhile, as
0: I'm going through his process, the phone rings, and I'm worried something else bad is going to happen for the weekend. And Frank, who's my co-facilitator of the whole retreat, uh, answered it, and I I lost my presence in the situation because— I was worried that something else bad was Your happening. Your risk
1: manager came back online.
0: So what I said to Frank was, "Will you please whisper to the risk manager? That being the man, the man that was standing there, can you please tell him, so I, so I can keep doing this work?" So, anyways.
1: And then did then he-
0: I kept then I kept okay. moving through the process. Yeah. Yeah. But that's the only way. So anyways. That's well,
1: and for me, see, okay, because we all have different ways of doing this. I do vision boards, mm-hmm. and I use imagination and creativity. And mine is a little more, um, yours is very literal. yeah, And mine is very much like drawings and um, symbolo- symbology, you know. Symbolism. Yeah, what is symbology a word? I don't think so. Are you sure? Symbology? <laughs> <laughs> I like that much be. better. What the hell it's because symbolism to me sounds like school. And see this, so this is very Kathy-ish That this conversation we're having is words. Everything feels like something to me. So as soon as you say symbolism, I go no, mm-hmm. that's not what I'm talking mm-hmm. about. Symbology, if it's not a word, I'm going to find out. Okay, but you so keep know. talking. I'm going to use it anyway because that relays what my body feels. Okay, and symbology—the
0: study or use of symbols.
1: Okay, good. Symbology is a word, but even if it wasn't,
0: it would still be. Your I would word. still
1: use it. Right, and this is why people make up words sometimes mm-hmm. because they're like my child or whatever you don't even have to call them your children your parts your healthy parts your not so healthy parts you're adaptive but it, the language doesn't matter. matter this is why everybody has a different yes it, it's just there's all these pieces of you and all of them deserve to be heard so i want to go back to the very beginning of what we talked about is that even if you have a part that is hurt and the outside world or caregivers or anybody has told you it shouldn't have been hurt, that you're too, you're being too um, sensitive or you shouldn't have been hurt, that part of you needs to be heard if it's by your other healthy parts or somebody else. And I'm saying this over and over again because especially for women, I'm gonna focus on women right now, we have been told our whole lives that we shouldn't feel the way we feel. Mm -hmm. And I know that this is also true for people of color, Mm -hmm. especially women of color. You shouldn't feel this way because that's not what I'm trying to say. So you shouldn't feel this way.
0: You're you're the problem, not me saying this to you.
1: Exactly. So a lot of our parts have been really pushed aside in that we shouldn't I I now I'm ashamed that that bothered me. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody touched my body in such a way. I'm just kidding. Mm-hmm. Why is this don't, bothering you? Don't be you? so sensitive. Don't be so sensitive that I touched your body. And then I'm thinking to myself, okay, am I being sensitive? Of, am I am I like a, you know, killjoy? Am I like not sexual enough? Mm-hmm. Am I, you under? This is an example that I think well, a lot of women. Just think can about the amount
0: to. of times. How many times do you think you've been inappropriate? inappropriately touched whether it be in a crowded bar or whatever it's probably in the dozens fair to say oh beyond that okay yeah think about that wound like it just keeps opening up like and it probably think of a scab like if you keep taking a scab off it gets worse and worse and worse
1: especially when you keep majority of the time get told the same thing which is you misinterpreted you're you you don't understand, or you told me it was okay, or I felt like it was. O- there was, there's always a reason, and mm-hmm. even if it's I was drunk, sorry. Mm-hmm. There's always we have to like take it on ourselves. And right now we're talking about sexual things, but it's not always. It could be sure. emotional things. Sure. It could be. Let's take it off of sex for a second and say, you know, our partner or our friend yelled at us,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then Verbal, and then right. the next day we say, "Wow, that really hurt." Well, I was tired. Just kidding. I was just kidding. You said the thing that pissed me out. So there's a lot of this wounded. They gaslight you. They absolutely gaslighting. Oh, my God. Go back and listen to our podcast about gaslighting. I think it was a couple months ago, if, the, if you don't know what that word means. Um, so I guess my point is, is that because I know we're probably getting to the end of the show, is that um, – well,
0: podcast 507 what is gaslighting
1: podcast 507 listen to that one you guys because gaslighting is real and it's happening right now and a macro level with our government um our leadership and it's and i'm sure it's happening at a micro level sure. maybe at work maybe in a partnership um with children so i guess my point is is that you your reaction to something in present time may be over you know too heightened hysterical But a lot of times that's based on something you felt as a child that wasn't hysterical but is still not heard. So let me go back to the original question, then we'll finish up, which is, I don't know how to heal whatever I'm feeling or not be triggered because the person who triggers me is never going to understand. You don't need to talk to them about it.
0: Mm, That's kind of relieving.
1: Right? You don't need to talk to them about it. You can do this
0: as an inside job. Sometimes Absolutely. it
1: helps, no? Of course. Like if, I guess my point is, is if you can talk to them
0: about it. But you don't, but it's not a requirement for you to process through this. Sometimes
1: part of the healing, like Todd is not the reason that I don't feel hurt. Okay. But sometimes when Todd doesn't hear me, my reaction to him is the way it would have been as a child. Mm. If I can talk that through with Todd and he can understand it, that's help helps me start the healing process. Right. Sure. But if there's somebody that hurt me in the past who's now not here, or I can't access, or they've you know they've passed or you just away, don't want or they, them to be
0: part of their life. Correct right? that
1: that I know they're not awakened enough to understand. I don't have to do that work with them. It's just like forgiveness. Like I need to be able to see what I experienced in a certain way, have compassion for what I experienced, and start to relieve some of the shame and pressure around it. So then I don't feel that part of me doesn't feel unheard. Mm-hmm. I can do that work without that person around. And then when that person, if that person does come around again, I will not give them the power. You know, forgiveness is about taking your power back. Because if you're continually angry at somebody, they have all the power. Because they can provoke all this anger in you. And if you can instead have some compassion for yourself you don't even have to go into them yet that's a mm-hmm. whole nother thing yeah that's where we could get into loving kindness meditation or you know really having a visualization of them as a child Do you know you
0: work with byron katie there's a million Correct. different tools in that toolbox
1: that's and that's a whole nother thing but you know this is um i wanted to read one quote or maybe two quotes here um this is a, a rupee core uh quote from milk and honey And it says, do not look for healing at the feet of those who broke you. Mm. Right? Oh, it's nice. Isn't that nice? And the other one, the other, this is also from Milk and Honey, because obviously I've been reading quotes from her lately. Rupi Kaur.
0: So Rupi Kaur is a person's name? Uh Uh-huh. And Milk and Honey is the name of the book? Mm -hmm. Okay.
1: Um, She says, how you love yourself is how you teach others to love you. So... You this is an inside job and there's no guarantees that the person from your past or your, a partner or a kid is going to turn around and go, oh, you love yourself. Now I love you. I don't guarantee that. Yeah. But that is the teaching. If you are if you are harmful to yourself and you are self harming and self shaming, people feel that energy and watch that and follow your lead. Mm-hmm. If they know they can get away with stuff with you because you're going to be shamed. It's it's this is. You know the best predictor of a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding. Boom. That's I'm drop gonna...
0: the mic, sweetie. Yes, that's it. Um. Okay. That was fun. Oh, good. I, I like that one.
1: Good. Well, sweetie. and it's like the surface. There's yeah. so much.
0: Well, I would like. To, we'll call it uh, January. Will be wounds and triggers month. Maybe we'll come out with something next. Yes. Next week. Who yes, knows? Yes. Yes. Um, we got a nice review on iTunes. Okay. Abby. Abby before. Abby, before. She's from the United States. I've been listening to Todd and Kathy for over a year, and I swear it's been the number one reason for my personal growth as a human wife and mother. I turn on one of the episodes, and the beginning jingle and Todd's voice starting the show instantly puts me in my much needed headspace. Oh, good. I become more self aware, mindful, considerate, and overall a better person. Great job, guys. Keep on trucking.
1: That's what we call a positive trigger.
0: Yes. I didn't know there was such a thing as positive triggers. Sure.
1: That's why I was saying like I was, when I'm painting my nails and then a song comes in my oh. head. It's like, or, or oh, I, you know yeah. what I mean? So triggers can
0: be positive oh, yeah. too. Triggers. Because who cares? What, what was the, the towel thing, the, the nail polish example one more time?
1: Um, that I was painting my toenails and then the song that I was listening to while painting my toenails came back into right. my head. And
0: it just made you think it, right? And the,
1: the towel thing, or maybe it's the other way around. I don't remember, but the towel thing was about, I remembered I was, I, I opened up something or I, you know, picked up something that i had folded while listening to a podcast right. and then i remembered the podcast when mm. i picked it up those or are like a
0: smell could be a positive
1: absolutely olfactory remember when i told you that the other night
0: olfactory it rings a bell i
1: i'm so smell sensitive what which about my shaving cream I this is what night. i'm talking about is that i don't it's very hard with todd sometimes because sometimes i have to say to him like the shaving cream you used, the smell is bothering me. And it's not you, Todd, are bothering me. I'm so smell sensitive that we are in such close proximity that I have to be that person who tells you these things. And it's not super comfortable because I don't want to offend you.
0: I'm not offended. I'm annoyed that I got to go pick a different shaving cream because I got to spend another three bucks. Right. I don't like spending three bucks. You're like, this is super cheap. (laughs) I literally have like the generic foam
1: i know Gillette. why don't you
0: pick what'd you pick out i
1: like that neutrogena it's very but that's not shaving subtle cream there's no neutrogena shaving cream i don't know maybe i like the um i think that's aftershave. like after
0: shave yeah i think that's like after shave or yeah. lotion so maybe i'll go with so
1: i do like smells but i have such a strong reaction to them
0: well remember how the bionic man was like fast runner mm-hmm. but the bionic woman could hear like mm-hmm. from incredible distances the bionic man
1: had the eye too. And he had
0: the eye mm-hmm. he had a lot of things he could mm-hmm. do what are the Lindsay Wagner, is that her name? She could
1: run and jump like him, but then, like you said, she had the bionic hearing.
0: Yeah, mm. you have the bionic nose. Yeah,
1: and and as much as it can be good in certain situations. Food,
0: yeah, food. Yeah, like in
1: certain situations, it's great, and, I can, and good smells are like, I really can like walk into a situation and be like, oh, this like brings me back, mm. but it's also very distracting, mm. and I can be one of those people, you know, in yoga, like I'm one of those people, and I, I've never had to do this but you know how they say if you come into a yoga studio, don't wear perfume yeah. and don't. I'm one of those people that they do that for sure. because it can be really, really distracting, yeah. sen, you know, sensory-wise, yeah. olfactory.
0: And what is olfactory?
1: I th- what did we figure out? I said that, and then I'm like, again, like symbol. You look
0: it up. Well, I talk about Jeremy okay. Kraft. He's a bald-headed beauty. Yes, he is. And uh, he has been our sponsor for, oh, 529 podcasts. He does painting and remodeling throughout the Chicagoland area. So if anybody out there in Chicago is thinking of doing any type of painting of the interior or exterior of their house, remodeling a kitchen, basement, bathroom, whatever, call Jeremy six three zero nine five six eighteen hundred 956 dot net. And I was going to say something else, but I don't remember what it was.
1: So I'm actually putting an extra A in there, and I shouldn't. It's just olfactory.
0: Olfactory. It's not
1: olfactory. It's olfactory relating to the sense of smell is what it means. And olfaction is the like the chemicals that are going on in our body when we are forming our sense of smell. So I have a good – it's like pheromones. I I mean, honestly, they're positive too. Like I told Todd when – um. We were first, when I first met him in college, he smelled so good. And it wasn't like his cologne because he didn't wear any and he didn't really even shower that much. You just smelled good to me.
0: Brushed my teeth.
1: So I knew that we must have good pheromones together. That's right. You know?
0: Pheromones, interesting. We should talk about pheromones Um, because that's like the chemical that it's like this. Yes, attraction. Attraction. That Mm -hmm. has nothing to do with how nice you are to me Uh -uh. or it's like, it's like primal is it it's like a reptilian uh, primal deal yeah thing, right? like
1: I don't know I just know that there are certain people and and again you guys this is not about perfume this is not about like it's about that Todd just smelled a certain way that I liked <laughs> it's very strange no and I think people know what you're talking about pheromones are
0: chemicals capable of acting like hormones outside the body Of the secreting individual to impact the behavior of the receiving individual there are alarm pheromones food trail pheromones sex pheromones and many other that affect behavior or psychology
1: yes and do you want to know some some animals that have great sense of smell and can smell those kind of things who bloodhounds yeah sharks turkey vultures yes basset hounds yes I just thought I'd share that because when I put it in, all these animals came up.
0: Um, one last plug: Rogers Behavioral Health. They are sponsoring Zen Parenting Conference twenty twenty. Thank you, Rogers. Uh, RogersBH.org, dot org. Leading the industry in outcome driven patient care. So look them up, and then look for them at the conference.
1: What's their website?
0: Rogersb like boy h like Herald dot org. All right. Um, so now we're gonna play this little jingle that I like to call. The Zen parenting theme.
1: Which maybe triggers positive yeah. feelings and thoughts for people.
0: Or or negative.
1: I hope not negative.
0: Never know, sweetie. Travis.
1: Not. Oh my gosh. That was ten years ago.
0: Frickin' Travis. <laughs> God. Gosh darn you. That's Travis. a
1: trigger we need to uh figure out. We
0: gotta facilitate that one.
1: You don't like it when people don't like you.
0: Um, I don't mind it.
1: Not true.
0: I don't mind it. It's you fine.
1: are making that up. It's fine. You care. Travis,
0: I love you. <laughs> Wherever you are.
1: The crack was there and you didn't walk through. No, I did not. We no
0: time. Keep talking.
1: Thanks for listening, everyone. Remember to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. And feel free to leave a five-star review on iTunes. It helps people find us. Also subscribe and review our pop culturing podcast, a Gen X viewpoint on movies and TV with an emphasis on personal growth and self-awareness. It's basically the flip side of Zen Parenting Radio. Do you want more Zen parenting? Check out our third podcast, otherwise known as Team Zen. One of our team members described it as an advice column meets group help meets like-minded community. With your $25 subscription, you get two live Zen talks with an opportunity to ask us live questions, plus a Facebook community where you can interact or just listen to like-minded parents. If you can't join us live, you can still access all the Zen talks through the Team Zen podcast app.
0: Zen Parenting Conference 2020 is February 28th and 29th. We'll be discussing sex ed, gender, anxiety, neurodiversity, and healthy relationships. Go to ZenParentingConference.com to get your tickets.
1: Interested in inviting us to speak at your conference or organization? Go to ZenParentingRadio.com and submit a speaker request. And while you're there, check out our upcoming events or you can purchase one of my three books.
0: If you ever shop via Amazon, you can help us out by first going through the Amazon link under the Support Us link on our homepage. It doesn't cost anything to you, but we get a small commission from Amazon. And guys, I have a one-on-one coaching practice. It's called Coaching for Guys. You want to achieve a better work-life balance or deepen your relationships with loved ones. We can talk in person, phone, FaceTime, you choose. And don't forget about Tribe Men's Group. We have a virtual community from men all over the world. Head on over to the tribemensgroup.org or shoot me an email at todd at zenparentingradio.com it's an opportunity for guys to come together and talk about what really matters finally i want to give a special thanks to our founding partner jeremy craft he's a bald head of beauty and the company he has is avid they do painting and remodeling throughout the chicagoland area go to avidcode.net or give them a call at 630-956-1800 thanks for all your love and support and keep on trucking